0: Sermon number 620, From the Upper Room to the Whole World. Preached on Worldwide Communion Sunday, October 1, 1972, in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown. On this very beautiful Lord's Day, I regret that again this Sunday I must bring to you another message concerning the loss of leadership Leadership which this church seems to be losing greatly during the last few weeks. Today, we bid farewell to Elder Jerry Gardner and his wife Doris, who have been transferred by the company to Chicago, Illinois. Jerry has been a great elder. For those of you who do not know, for the past year, he is the one who has personally prepared a little loaf of bread which we have used in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper for the past year. We wish God's richest blessing upon you and yours in your new endeavor, and God bless you. And also it is regret that I announce the passing of Dr. J. Norman Hunter, a friend and one who served as pastor of the Bakerstown Church from 1916 through 1919. I know many of you did not know him, but those who have been here for a while remember them as a, him as a beloved pastor. And we praise God this day for his many years of life and for the faithfulness which he gave as a minister to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are richly blessed in this great church. Sometimes it takes moments of loss for us to be reminded of that great fact. If everything goes according to schedule on Friday of this coming week, those of us who make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem will leave our hotel in this, that city, wind through its narrow streets pass through the Zion Gate and ascend Mount Zion. And there at the top we will face a Franciscan church which is adjacent to one of the great Jewish shrines, the the tomb of King David. And there we will climb the outer stone staircase walk across a narrow balcony, and then, stooping, we shall enter a low, narrow doorway and find ourselves standing in a large, upper room, peculiarly plain and completely empty. And then, as I have done in the past, I know I will feel as though I am standing not only in one of the most authentic but also one of the most cherished and most memorable spots and sights in all of Christian history. Of course, it's not the original upper room that deteriorated many years ago, but It is supposed to be built upon that traditional site that Jesus first used to sit down and commune with his disciples. It really does something to one's spirit, to one's holy presence, as he stands in the midst of that room and realizes what actually happened in history in that particular area at that local site. You remember that not only was it on the Thursday night when Jesus called his disciples together, that in that room he broke the bread and he poured the cup, and he said, This do in remembrance of me. But four nights later, on the first Easter night, it was in the same upper room that the resurrected Lord came and appeared in all of his glory and majesty in his resurrected form. One week later, according to John's Gospel, he reappeared to show himself to a doubting and stubborn Thomas who would not see unless he could with his own eyes and would not believe unless he could touch with his own hands. We're not quite sure, but as best as we can calculate We think it was in that upper room that some of the disciples and followers were gathered when 50 days after the first Easter the Holy Spirit made its descent upon this world. It was there in that upper room, we think, that people for the first time became acquainted with the personhood, the power, and the presence of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. It was in that upper room that we find the headquarters for the first Christian church. So how ironic and how thrilling to realize that some of us are going to be there this Friday and to realize today that what happened in that upper room nearly two thousand years ago is having this very moment a tremendous impact upon the whole wide world yes we know what happened in the upper room we know the teachings but the thing that we need to be reminded of is why the upper room why did God plan for an upper room, a large one, that was furnished. After all, there were only going to be 13 of them for dinner. Why a large room? Why an upper room? Jesus knew that the authorities were looking for him to arrest him and to put him to death. Why not come down into the seclusion and the safety of some lower room? Why all the fuss, Jesus? And the best answer that I think anyone can find as to why Jesus chose that large upper room that was furnished is that simply that was a part of God's plan. That large upper room furnished is just as much a part of God's plan as is the cross, the empty tomb, and all of these other great memorable occasions in the life of our Lord. And I do not presume to infringe upon the motivation or the mind of God or of Christ. But let us imagine why that Christ would take a large upper room furnished. Large? Perhaps that was to symbolically announce not only to his disciples of his age, but his disciples of this age, that the kingdom of God and the table of our Lord is not for just one particular type of person or one nation, but it's for the whole wide world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son Come, whosoever will, no matter what color of skin, no matter from what nation, no matter from what particular Christian church, the table of our Lord is wide and long, and it's contained within a room prepared for us that is large. We're not exactly sure, you know, but somehow, some way, Jesus picked that particular room to commune with his disciples. He prearranged that signal of a man carrying a water pitcher, which was strictly woman's work in that day, to easily guide the disciples whom he sent to find the room. Our Lord made all of the preparation, and he chose a large room to show to you and to me and to all the world than anyone. Anyone can come to the table spread by Christ. He picked an upper room, an upper room, I think, to symbolize to all the world that this is no secret what Jesus has done. Everybody is to know the good news, the good news that. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only as the Son of God but the Savior of sin, he is born anew. God wants, as a part of his plan, for all of us to know that news and to broadcast it from the hilltops and from the rooftops so that everyone in God's whole world may know that he is the Father, Lord, and Friend of all mankind. And he picked a large upper room that was furnished, furnished by him the way he wanted it. He picked out every detail, and as the perfect host, he made sure everything and anything was in proper order to try and show us symbolically that for salvation to be effected between god and man between creator and creation everything has been taken care of there is absolutely nothing you and i can do to be saved than what christ has already done for us he has prepared the way he is the high priest He is our Passover, He is the sacrificial lamb, and everything and anything that has to be done to make effective the communion between God and man, between the creation and the Creator. This has been done in Jesus Christ. He was a part of God's plan. That man is to commune with God in a large upper room that was completely furnished by Christ. That's part of the plan, but that's not the end of the plan. And Jesus said, go to his disciple and you will find a large upper room furnished. And then is added, make you ready. A part of God's plan, you see, is that for all of this preparation which has been given for you and for me, we must respond by being ready. Well, how do you become ready for all of this that has been prepared for us? I think we do this and become prepared when we come to the table of our lord in obedience in obedience to his command to partake of the symbols that he has given to us the elements which he blesses by our faith when we are obedient and you people you are obedient by being here today and you are making ready by your presence here today. You see, Jesus did not ask his disciples, please take a little bread, please take a little bit of the cup. He said, eat this bread and beat this cup. For as long as you do this, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. That's commandment. A winsome invitation, but nevertheless a commandment from God to you and to me. And this is how we prepare when we are obedient to that command to partake. And also when we are obedient to his command to love. (coughs) Jesus said a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. You make ready for the preparation that God has given to you through this supper. When you come here today, not just with sorrow for your sin and some chagrin for the unhappiness you have brought into your own and other people's life, but you make ready when you come here today with love in your hearts. This is what God wants. Not just our requests, which he listened listen to, just not our prayers, but he wants our love. For when we love one another, we show our love towards God. This is what he wants, and we come prepared, ready, when we have only in our hearts the love that we have for God, the love that God has for us, the love we have for other people. And remember the love they have for us. And we are ready for the preparation that God has brought to us when we come with the command to believe. That's how you make ready, even though you fully do not understand, and ladies and gentlemen, not one of us does, What all this meal means all we know is that Jesus commanded us to sit at table with him. And when we come believing, believing that somehow, some way, God has forgiven us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and when we believe that God loves us, that God has forgiven us, that God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, is leading us into all new truth. And when we believe that God has gone before us and has prepared a room in the heavenly mansion for us, when we believe this, even though we don't fully understand it, and come asking God to help our unbelief, then we're ready. We're ready to sit at the table of our Lord. God is here with us. God wants to commune with us. He has prepared the large upper room, which is completely furnished with everything that is ever needed for salvation part of his plan is that we are to be made ready and we do this with our obedience to partake of the suffering to love and to believe and if you bring these elements to the table of the elements of bread and wine prepared for you then O people you are prepared and what God prepared for us in an upper room in Jerusalem nearly 2,000 years ago. That plan is effected for you wherever you live in the world today. So come. All who are truly sorry for their sins and wish to be delivered from the burden of them, All who want to commune with God and find peace and rest. All who believe in Jesus, that he is what he said he was, and can do what he said he has done, come.